Shall we begin? Let's begin now. All right, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Frankly Francisco podcast. Today, my guest, I haven't spoken to him. Well, he hasn't been on my show in about a year, almost about a year. Uh, last time I seen him, I met up with him in West Virginia. We did a impromptu podcast. Um, I'd like to re- uh, introduce everybody to our returning guest, Jr. from West Virginia on Commonplace. How we doing today, Jr.? Doing pretty good. Uh, glad to be back on. Uh, one quick thing I want to throw in there is that uh, you were my actual first live guest since COVID. We used a little tiny little uh, recorder, did it in a hot ass car. We did an amazing episode. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was impromptu, man. I was uh, taking a trip to Cleveland and had to come back. And then uh, it was fortunate that I, you, I was able to catch you while you were there and we were able to have that. It was good to, to meet up, man. You're a good dude and uh, your lady, too. Um, very friendly. And I was glad I got the opportunity to see you in person, man. It was a nice uh, it was a nice meetup. Yeah, no doubt in that, no doubt. So today's episode, I this is a basis for me. It's a state of, uh, state of emergency when it comes to podcasting. It's the state of the pod. Right now, pandemic is waning. Uh, Monkeypox is going away in the news. People are back outside, and podcasting has taken a hit, a major, major hit. So I think this is a time where you're going to see true podcasters, people who do this because they want to do this, or people who do this because they felt they can make a quick buck doing it. So you're going to have those people who are going to continue to grind it out and those who are going to step away. Uh, that way, you know, some of these people who are pretenders are going to just, you know, fade off into the sunset. So give me your opinion on what's going on right now. Why you think the state of podcasting is the way it is right now? All right. The reason that uh, podcasting is turning out the way it is for the medium tier podcaster, and I'm speaking directly to the medium tier podcaster and the hobbyist that's trying to make money too. So, so here's the thing that happened. People went back outside. They're not listening to podcasts as much as they used to. And when they are listening to them, it's on that commute to and from work, that 15 minute break. And when you get home, life is different. Now you got kids running around. Even if you don't have kids, you are outside. You are trying to live a life that is not sheltered anymore. And with that, it's turned business away. And then, you know, I hate to say this and I hate to always tie into It's not necessarily political. The, the economic structure of podcasts has changed because every famous person is putting out a podcast. And they are getting these deals. And, and mind you, I'm not any type of insider, but I do have a sense and a nature that I talk to people that are with all the big brands. And what I just found out today from a, a guy um, over at Advertise Cast, basically they're giving these celebrities deals. They're like, hey, you don't have to meet a certain number. We'll give you an X amount of dollars. If you will be exclusive to our platform with what you're doing, we will give you this, this, and that. So people go exclusive to Wondery and different places like that get their podcasts out there and they're taking a lot of the revenue. Now on the medium tier portion, just to finish up real quick. Um, what's happening is, is that podcasters are pod fading faster than ever. I had a once nice fledging podcasting consultant business and I have actually had to, and this is major and I'm saying this on your show. I've had to actually streamline that down to only taking two or three clients because nobody has any money anymore. Nobody has you know, there's, there's not a lot of ways to market shows anymore. It's the market saturated and things have happened um, in the higher tier podcast that's trickled down to us finally. Yeah. I, and the whole celebrity angle is really what's got me a little bit agitated 
these people are multimillionaires. And don't get me wrong, they, you know, it's a capitalist world. Everybody wants you should make as much money as they can. But at the same time, man, you're these people are already in a in a stream where they're making millions of dollars. Podcasting to me is a niche for people who want to get their voices heard and who actually are talented, but not talented enough to be in Hollywood. But you are talented enough to be on the radio. You're talented enough to run your own podcast. But we're, that shine is not coming to us anymore because, like you said, everything's going to celebrity-wise. You know what I mean? You got people doing YouTube podcasts now. You know, celebrities doing YouTube podcasts. You know, you still have those top-tier podcasters, but they've essentially, a lot of them sold out. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? They're afraid yeah. to say anything wrong because then they're afraid to get canceled. So there's, I, like I said in my previous part, I'm not red pill or blue pill. I, I'm just, I'm going to state facts and I'm going to state how I feel as well. Um, and then people can make the decision whether they want to listen or not listen. But I think, like you said, pod fade is, is a real thing. And I think a lot of people are starting to zone out on, on podcasts if it's not something that matters to them. And I think the whole celebrity angle is what matters right now for a lot of people. Yeah, it's that star power. And um, what was the thing that was said to me? The color purple. The color purple, isn't that red and blue? Yeah. Yeah. So so what was told to me by somebody, and I forgot the exact words, but this was the thing. People were the color purple during um, the pandemic. Um, red and blue can signify whatever you want, but I take blue and put it as the sky, red as pain. Um, that pain that came in when people weren't making money, they didn't care because they had all that unemployment money and they were making probably better money than they make now. And now it's a struggle. I've seen roadcasters on sale so much. I might even pick up one. If I get one for a buck 50, I'm gonna get one. If I find another one, I'll get you one for Christmas, <laughs> you know? Um, and, and the major thing that's happened too in our arena is these major companies have shut the doors on advertising with us. They're not getting a return anymore. They were getting a return because everybody was listening. So it was funded to do uh, um, do advertisements to invest into a podcast that it may only have 50 listeners. Back when I started, when I had just 50 listeners, it was attractive because I was in West Virginia. I knew the West Virginia market on how to get people to be part of my show. Luckily, I got a private investor. Had I not done that, I would be broke today. Um. Because when you try to go do something with uh, any of these production companies, and I won't name any, but everybody uh, hollers a number between $2,000 and $10,000 to make your show viable. It's a, it's a payola scheme. These companies are in good with said places like Spotify and different places like that. And these people get you in there. And even to certain degrees, we have found as a whole that people are using these, these, um, Data mines, which in data mines, I'm going to explain this real fast, is where someone, and it doesn't even have to be in a foreign country, has 40 different devices. It can be on the same IP address, as long as there are 40 different devices, and people are getting heavy downloads and getting these fake downloads. And then when you take it to an advertiser, they can go to Chartable, they can go to anywhere that they can get a podcast directory to find out your true results. And they're turning people away because back then they weren't necessarily worried about it. But now they're saying like, hey, these people are making fraudulent numbers. These people are not doing the right thing. So when these people get on Fiverr and they buy these um, these downloads, and then let's be honest, there's some people out here that are buying downloads. No name's going to be said, but I'm just going to say this. These people are out here buying downloads and all this. Um, can we cuss on your show? Yeah, yeah. You can be. These I people, won't cuss, but you can. <laughs> all right. I'm, I'm sorry. I normally don't use language. But these people are out here using all this uh, fuckery to get their downloads high, they're getting exposed now because people are actually going back and checking and advertisers are informed now. They know that you don't have this and they know that certain niche markets they can build up in. Greatest example is true crime. People 
invest in true crime. For some reason, true crime is the biggest thing on earth. Even though I'm guilty of listening to some of them. I have one show in particular that don't, that doesn't even come on anymore. I still listen to the same 14 episodes every week just because she was so good at what she did. But just, just in all, it's advertisers not willing to spend money with us anymore. And the people that have the opportunities that, that can give you the opportunity want you to pay them before they show you a return. And that's what's killing podcasters now in the medium tier. Yeah, listen, I, I don't even consider myself a medium. I'm not making any money off of this yet. Um, and I've been doing this December, I think it'll be three years, two years, two years in December, I think. Um, and I'm still not making, but I see, but I, like I said, I'm, I'm a baby in this still. This is not something, you know, sometimes it can take three, four, five, even five years to start making money off your podcast. I don't feel like I should be paying somebody two to $8,000 for you to prom- help me prom- teach me how to promote my own stuff. To me, that's nonsense. That's, I could see maybe four or $500, but if you're charging me eight grand, like you said, it's a payola scheme. There's got to be something going on behind the scenes where these people have ends with Spotify and all this to get your numbers uh, magically up. And, and you're right. Fiverr is one of these places where you can buy downloads. You can buy YouTube downloads. You, I mean, it is, it's insane. If I'm, listen, if I'm going to buy downloads, I'd rather buy downloads on YouTube because then at least then I can monetize my channel. So even if I'm only getting 20 or 30 views, they're still, I'm still getting advertising numbers because they're going to be placing commercials in them. You know what I mean? So if you're going to, that's the one place you're going to cheat. You might as well cheat on YouTube because that's the highest paying out platform right now that's out there. TikTok doesn't pay anything for the creators fund. IG doesn't pay anything. Facebook sure as hell doesn't pay anything. And, and even when I advertise with IG, I advertise with Facebook, I advertise with TikTok. It really didn't help me because once that advertising stopped, my entire stream got cut. Like the entire uh, uh, visibility of my, my show got cut. So I can get a thousand views within that 24 hour period that I paid for. But then as soon as that 24 hours is done, guess what? No more views. It automatically stops. They don't push it out anymore. The algorithm doesn't do it anymore. And and what I can say on that is this social media exercise. And this is something from when we, when I would sit with someone and consult Facebook is a place for family and people that you can attract. Cause if people have certain stuff to them, they can attract them. Instagram is just a reminder to the people that follow you, such as podcasters following podcasters. That's what happens to medium tier in Instagram. So it's just a reminder to these podcasters. If they follow you and y'all have a good rapport, Hey, download this episode, stream this episode for 10 seconds. So I get a download. So you're not really reaching anybody there. Um, so like the misconception that happened that we were not taught that I didn't get till late, but I got it and I got it right was that we don't have a proper landing place for our audience. That's what killed everybody. That's what stagnates everybody. No one has a proper place for them to land. People tell you, build a website, go get an email list, but where are you going to send these people once they come to the email list? Where are you going to do this? And that's where the places like Discord, or in my case, I went ahead and I found a end-to-end encryption app that people can personally come talk to me about the podcast. They had to go through the mailing list so I could get them. You know, I had to sync them in that way. But the landing place for my people is an app called Wire. If you try any other landing place, they are successful to a certain degree, but nobody thinks about the landing position for when you're in a desert. You got to dig a well so people come. And the misconception is that all, all you got to do is have consistent audio, this, 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 and that, and your show will grow. No, you have to have a place that these people can actually feel like it's at home or you can feel like, you know, that they're actually part of what you're doing. So for me, I had to, I didn't niche down because I don't niche down. I got wild shows on everything. What I did 
that was real simple was I, I did this. I had to find people that were exactly like me to a degree. I'm the guy that goes to Best Buy. I look at a product. I price it on Amazon. I order it on Amazon, even though it's right there in the store and I probably could buy it. And I had to find those people. And when I found those people, it was directly through the email list. It wasn't no other way. And I had to beg for these people to come to my email list. These are the things that no one wants to talk about. They think that all is just flashy. You pay some dude and you magically got these numbers. No, painstakingly, I went across. I had to become friends with certain podcasters that were in certain locations, send them QR codes. I had to do way more promotion than what we talk about, you know, to get my show to where it is. And people don't realize that that little small investment going to Staples and build, making that card and sending it to someone or sending 50 to someone, it builds listeners. It, it builds those listeners that stay. That's the problem in medium tier podcasting because people think that social media is going to keep your listeners. No, something physical, something that they can attach to, to you that's more intimate than a random DM or something from you if it's a listener. That's the misconception. That's where we all fail in podcasting right now. We don't build a place for these people to actually come and meet and greet us without it having to attach to this or that. So you know what? I, I think where where podcasters are have to grow to is advertising, but they're advertising differently. Not advertising on TikTok or IG. I think we have to go digital now. I think like right now you have places like Hulu that have minimum, I think it's five hundred dollars, and they'll they'll put you on and they'll do commercials for you. Everybody has Hulu. That's one place that you can be very visible. Um, you can play for YouTube ads. Same thing. You can be very visible on YouTube as well. Um, you have places where there's the there's going to be commercials that play. You know what I mean? You have these free streaming uh, these sites now. Um, uh, there's a Pluto. You can pay for advertising on Pluto. People use all. It's free. So people use and you can pay for the advertising because they have commercials. So I think people have to change the strategy of podcasting. Now. I think to get out there, I think you got to treat it more like television now. Honestly, I think you have to pay to play in those uh, markets now instead of doing it through social media. Because like you're right, social media, I don't think it does anything for you. You can put out the best episodes in the world, but nobody's seeing it. And the algorithm's not pushing it out because you're not paying enough money for that algorithm to get pushed out. But if you do it on these channels, on these on actual TV, they make sure that they put you in position where your, your 30 second or 15 second or 10 second spot is out there and it'll, it'll continue to be out there. And so, you know, they'll, they'll run it for 30 days for you. So uh, to me, just personally, I think it's time that I think we need to step up on a different genre of advertising. What do you think about that? I do think we need to step, step up. And I think that another thing that we need to do is as podcasters to podcasters, we do all this talk across here and there, really invest in one podcast and, and just flow with it. I'll give you a great example of what I do. If I mention you on my show, because you were mentioned on my show, I think three or four episodes ago, I say, frankly, Francisco podcast. When you look on Apple and you see the podcast you might like or whatever, that little section, it has you underneath me. So people know to gravitate to you or for too many podcasts or uh, galaxy of films. These people that I interact with, I come on your shows. So I'm on your show right now. And I'm saying, frankly, Francisco podcast and those other podcasts that I just named, that will give them SEO because this audio is tapped. It not tapped in a bad way, but I'm saying Google will research this. They will pull that stuff up on Google Podcasts. It will put a suggestion for your podcast underneath my podcast, or vice versa. When I say your name or your pod, your podcast name on there, or however your directory set up for your podcast. Yeah. So 
so yeah, I agree with you. There's different. There has to be different ways to advertise. And like, it's just some simple stuff. If you don't care if I just do these real quick. Yeah, things, go ahead. Yeah, real quick. This is the major thing that that should let you know if you can monetize your podcast. It's called the podcast afterthought. A podcast afterthought is this: I listen to Frankly Francisco podcast. I and I'm just going to use Terry Tucker because we both had him on our show. When Terry Tucker, he's selling a book, he's missing some limbs. I'm hearing all this stuff, right? Well, when it comes to the end of that, do I go over to the show notes? That's the afterthought. I go to the show notes because I'm technical. I do that kind of stuff. I need to read up. So I read up there and it leads me to what Terry Tucker has going on. But I remember Frankly Francisco. So I search for you, right? I find the first, uh, usually it's your, 55th episode or something like that just numbers come up so i see those type of things and this is just as a listener so as i see the things i'm like oh, all right what else can i do with frankly francisco how much further i can go with him so you look and you look you see instagram you go here and there and then you see that there's a mailing list you see that so that's the traffic that a listener should do well a way to see if you can truly monetize off of this and the first thing that any podcaster should do is affiliate marketing. That's adding someone's information into your show notes to see if you get click throughs, to see if people are going further than just listening to your episode because it's an intimate relationship. If you cannot affiliate market to a degree that is paying you, you should look at other avenues for um, monetizing your podcast. Because if you cannot affiliate market, that's saying that people just listen to your show and there's nothing else going on with it. It may help people and all that stuff. I'm not saying nothing derogatory about anybody, but that is the first line of business to monetization. The after effect. What does your podcast do to me after I'm done listening to it? It made me go out and contact you a little bit more because you thought about quitting podcasting. So I came back and I started talking to you a little bit more aggressive than we've been talking in weeks before. Yeah. It made me research and made me go over to YouTube, which I don't like to go look at anybody's YouTube videos. It made me go over to YouTube and look at your videos and see what the demeanor in your face was and see what was happening with you. Not to ask you because we're both men and you have a significant other that takes care of you, but it made me want to invest more into what's going on. Why does this man want to quit this? He's given me very strong words, strong SEO from what you said in that episode. You know, you thought about quitting. You came back. You know that you have a voice. You know that you have a reason. So you're giving me strength to, you know, even though I do uh, batch processing with my podcast, which we'll go into in a second, um, you're making me feel like I need to go check on this guy, see what's going on a little bit stronger, see why he has such a strong show and he's feeling so bad about it right now. Now, as a listener, it's a whole different process, but it's an after effect that you built there. Had there been some type of affiliate marketing, even if you were just doing something for something that you believed in, like we'll just use corn, Mesa. Corn, you had corn there and I clicked through to that ad that lets you know that I'm invested in you enough to go look at a random product that you're not advertising nowhere, but in your show notes. And it shows that I'm, I'm interested. Even if I click through and don't do anything with that thing, it's showing that I'm going past your show through your show notes somewhere. And that's the first key thing. Cause that lets you know that you're doing more than just being a voice and people are not just sitting here lying to you just cause they don't want to get beat up. But it, it, see, I like the whole video aspect of podcasting because um, I was just going to start doing audio and audio only. But people people want to see you, too, when you're talking like you just said, you went to my YouTube channel and you looked at my uh, looking at my videos. 
a lot of people like the audio, the visual part of seeing somebody when they're talking because they can see if somebody's being genuine or somebody's BSing. You can't hide that stuff. And especially someone like me, I wear my emotions on my sleeve. I'm a very, uh, I'm an extrovert every day, all day. You know what I mean? So if I'm angry or if I'm upset, you're going to see it on me. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to hide it from anybody. And it's just like being able to put those videos on there, even if they're getting 30 views, even if they're getting 17 views, people are still listening and people are still watching. It may not get be blowing things out of the water on YouTube because YouTube is a hard nut to crack. If you're yes. not an OG, if you're not an OG YouTuber, you're not getting those numbers. You're just not. Um, and your content, your content has to be con you have to be posting. Even I, you know who Album and Preach is, correct? Yes. So they post, they used to post maybe once or twice a week. Now they're posting four or five times a week because of having to keep up with demand of people wanting to watch their content. That's not an easy thing. Creating content has never been easy for, for a lot of us. If you're not able to create content for yourself, you're not going to last in podcasting because that's one thing that you can't keep repeating the same thing over and over again because people are going to start to catch on. They're going to start to catch on and go, oh, this guy keeps saying the same thing. He's he's repetitive in, in, in what he's trying to uh, convey out there. And I took some advice from you and I changed up what my description was on my podcast because it evolved. It didn't stay in that same direction that it was previous. So I wasn't comfortable doing solo podcasts for a while. Now I'm comfortable doing solo podcasts because sometimes being in front of the camera and just talking to the camera, it, it brings levity. You know what I mean? It's a it's a, a bit of therapy. So I think people need to find the importance of what they're doing to keep going in this business because eventually you'll burn out if you don't, man. So true. Now, now like what you're doing now, for instance, um, and you're doing batch processing to a certain degree. That's something I tell podcasters, like when, when the, the two that I'm working with now, I'm like batch process. It takes a long time to get guests to do those episodes, schedule that. But your solo episodes... You can batch process. If you can clear an hour, you can make three shows in 15 minutes. Just watch your intervals. Or, and if you want to do a 30-minute show, that's whatever. But I tell people batch process because you never know when you're going to stop. I stopped. Do you know the last time I really recorded a podcast? Like, like just being honest, I have not recorded a podcast really since June. Wow. Anything that's come out has been stuff that I batch process. Like when I do get in there in, in the studio on Tuesday night, I do eight shows. Wow. I'll, I mean, I got enough time. I'd kill my sleep, but I do it to stuff. So I always tell people batch process because you can curate it. When you do those solo episodes, like I do solo episodes, but it's inside the love series because I try to make my love life look mysterious and stuff like that. So I, I sell that, sell that dream out there that, hey, this is what I did, blah, 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 blah. This one passed away. This one I'm with. This one cheated on me. This one ran wherever. So making series inside of your show so that you can not worry about the whole cliche of nation down. That's something great to do there. And um, tell a story. You tell a story. Here's the difference in someone saying that they're telling a story and, and they're not telling a story. When you tell a story, it has adjectives. It has things in it. Captivating is a word that I like to use a lot. When you captivate, that works. Now, going on further than that, one thing I do want to add in here real quick, just on a side note. People invest in microphones. Get a good mic. Don't sit here and play games. That's just something I want to throw on the side because there's a lot of people out here. There's dudes that have roadcasters that have, excuse me, have trash ass mics and sound like, like that. Like, what is that? Um, but anyway, tying everything back on me and getting back to telling a story. If you tell a genuine story when you're doing your solo podcast, like I felt bad for you 
then I felt sympathy and empathy. And then I didn't feel bad for you anymore when, when I got through your episode. Cause at first I could feel, you know, there was a little strife because it's hard doing this when there's no return right now. And I, I'm feeling that everybody's feeling that. So I, I gather that and people can feel like with, with you in real life, with your shit, that like, you know, some people are working a job that they didn't have to work. Like I said, through pandemic and now they're back at that job at that they didn't like, and they're making less money than what they were making. So they can relate to you. Now, how do you translate that relation into downloads and people? It's real simple. You have video, your video, you chop up the clips, you throw them out there. You do that kind of stuff. It, it, it's just treading it. It's like like the social media exercises says that you need to go across every social media platform, not once, not twice, not four times, not five times, just simply at some point through the month. Because Instagram, TikTok don't build up anything. TikTok, I can tell you, is right now an 8% translation to your podcast for anybody. I don't care if you're famous or not. They like you for other reasons. So that there is just one of those things. And then burnout. Burnout is the reason that people are not getting money. So the podcasters that have burnt out and pod faded, I want to tell you, I got a serious like beef with you. Advertisers know the burnout. They can tell when there's no structure. They can tell when something is not going right. The advertisers have gotten wise up to things because of these gurus telling them this and that and promising these numbers and doing these events. Because I'll be honest with you, a lot of people are getting shut out of places. Even I'm getting shut out of certain places. Um, a who's who with this and that. Because my none of my shows, my show cracked the crap. I mean, cracked the top fifty on Apple once. And because of the set choices and the people that I align with, my show has never made it back up there. In in society culture, um, the last thing, and I'm sorry I'm taking up too much time, but the last thing is I tell people. Make sure you know about your podcast. Claim it across all 30 platforms. I know it may take some time. It may take you six months to a year. Claim your podcast everywhere because listeners come from anywhere. I mean, you you taught me something about a place, uh, a podcast overseas app that, you know, helps people. And I've seen it gravitate and help people. Help. I ain't even lie. That should help my podcast. Um, but here's a problem. When you shout out these places like Good Pods, Good Pods is cool for people. It's giving them accolades and stuff like that. I've never heard of anybody making money off Good Pods. I've never heard of anybody making money off Bullhorn. When I see the TikTok for um, Good Pods and different things like that, I'm like, so Good Pods making money off of my show? They're giving me an accolade saying, oh, you're the number one show in society culture, number 50, you know, ranking here or there. So tell the cautionary tale of this. Be careful what you promote at the end, but in the middle while you're trying to get through things, go through all these people and make sure you show claim it and make sure that you're learning about your downloads and see if those downloads are coming back to you. Because the issue here is not about how many downloads you're having or whatever. It's that you're having downloads on these platforms. It's not about the number. Even if you only get two downloads on Google and you got 50 on iHeart. It's knowing that you're getting downloads across the board and not all your analytics are going to show it if you're not part of all these little pod managers to find this stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's honestly, man, it, like you said, it takes some time. And I, I'm a, I'm on a lot of social media platforms just, and it's, my stuff is, <laughs> it's difficult because remember, I have to, once I cut these clips and the audio, I have to l manually post 
on every social media platform out there. I don't have a system where it'll just automatically post on everything that I have because some, some programs will let you post on three or four, but it's not going to let you post across every single platform that you, that you're on that I've, that I've seen. I, if you have, if you have an answer for that, please let me know because I, I've only been able to uh, uh, go across three or four platforms at the same time and not, and not be able to do all, not interconnect all the platforms that I have. All right. So, so one platform that you got to just do by itself is meta business for meta business suite for Facebook and Instagram, but Hootsuite, whenever you can catch that 90 day free special. And I'm telling everybody, get that 90 day free special. It comes to your email. Just make sure you go over to Hootsuite and actually just sign up. You don't have to sign up for anything paid. Wait for the 90 day one. Hootsuite will give you access to at least 11. And some of them social medias I don't even know about because I, you know, I don't do all that. But Hootsuite is the way to go for automation. Um, Because I don't, like, like we've talked about on the last podcast, I don't spend much time posting anything at all. I don't even have notifications turned on for Instagram or anything else. I check it when I want to. Or like if we had an engagement like we were talking earlier, I knew that in an hour's time before the show, I needed to contact you and see what was going on, just making sure. But outside of that, you know, I don't jump on there for nothing. I got, I got a life to live. You know, I play video games. I'm trying to be the next big streamer out here, you know. But anyway, Hootsuite works in automation. That Automation is something that you just have to take time with. In podcasting, everybody, this is the gem of this episode for me. In podcasting, you have to slow down, put your thinking cap on, and look at how you would want someone to bring their show to you. And that's the problem. People don't do that. People think that, hey, if I post aggressively on this or that, which I use a guerrilla tactic for certain shows because I got an Applebee's show that I like to get downloads on every Tuesday. So I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about other people. And I'm talking about people just in general when you're first getting out here with the marketing strategy. If the listeners or come into an episode about suicide, right? The ones from suicide, I'm going to basically get those guys, get them lined up real fast and find out where these people that are going, that are going talking about suicide prevention. They're going to be on um, Pinterest and different places like that. So I'll make pins after that show comes out and put them on Pinterest. I will look to see where I would go. I will use Google as my, as my resource. I will search to see, where would someone go to listen to an episode about Terry Tucker and him being in Columbus and being near Wendy's and working in Hilliard? What happens in Columbus that makes you want to listen to Terry Tucker? I'll research that before I have him on the show. Just for marketing strategy, see if it's worth my time or not. So it's ways to look at these things. And when you look at it from an objective position of, hey, how would someone else want to receive this? then you'll be able to perceive, you know, you'll be able to put out a projection, a projection of or perception of what should actually be what someone else would want to see. Not what you want to see, not what I want to see, what your wife, your children, or my old lady or my son want to see, you know, and that's the concept that gets missed, you know. I think sometimes too, uh, podcasters don't really dive into their, their background. A lot of people like listening to the personal stuff. Because I think it grounds you a little bit to them and makes you seem more uh, real in their eyes and doesn't make you seem robotic or you're just out here just to tell a story and then uh, be off with it. I think people want to see that realism and that rawness when you're actually talking on the mic. They want to know the person that's that's 
putting these episodes together, who's talking, I've learned to put a little bit more of that out there, but stay a little bit cautious because you don't want them to know everything. You, you know, you want to give them just enough to keep them interested, but at the same time, you don't want to give them your whole life story because then they know your whole life story. You know, you want to, you know, if you want to put it in a book form, you can't put it in a book now because you told everybody about it. So I think it's being selective when to be honest with the audience and when to tell a story. Because you can do both. It can be fantastical. It can be raw. It can be real. You just have to learn how to uh, entrench those two together when and how to use it. You know what I mean? Yes. And, and that's the thing. Intimacy with some excess. So basically, you fortified your house, you put a doggy door in. Not every dog can get through that door. A bull mastiff's not going to get through there. A big shepherd dog's not going to be able to get through. But they sure can peek through and put their nose in and get a little bit. So, so yeah, most definitely in that. And, and another thing, and this is for all medium tier podcasts, and this is something going forward. Everybody talks about collaborations, and I'm going to make this real quick. Collaborations, pick people that are related to what you're actually doing shows about. It's cool to have a series to bring in podcasters like you did and like I did for Podcast Collide, different stuff like that. But if you tailor to the people that are in your market, you're going to pull two of their listeners at best. And then eventually they're going to either leave my show because I say something wrong and they're going to come to your show or somebody's going to leave your show and come to my show. So that collaboration to a degree with people that are actually in your market works better than these collaborations that they tell you to do with random strangers that talk about paranormal experiences. Yeah. I, listen, it's going to be, it's going to be a tough test coming up for a lot of podcasters because, you know, wintertime might pick some numbers up because it's going to be, it's going to be too cold. People are not going to be outside. Um, I think podcast, and I think podcasters have to shape their podcast where they know if it's going to be the wintertime, start putting out your best stuff, start putting out your best content because people are not going to be outside like that, especially in the cold weather states, they're going to be indoors. So I think it's strategic. You have to be strategic in how you're doing your stuff. Summertime, put out good content, but don't, you know, don't put out your best stuff. Maybe put out one of your best episodes to tease it. And then in the wintertime is when you start like September on to, you know, the end of uh, maybe March, you know what I mean? Put out just great stuff for, for people to listen to while they're indoors. Cause you have a lot of States out there where people ain't going to see the sun until April. <laughs> you know what I mean? People ain't going to see warm weather till April. So I think it's, it's a strategy and I'm learning this more and more now. I think it's a strategy people have to come up with now when it comes to this game, because if not, Podcasts are going to just stop. People are going to stop podcasting. A lot of the podcasters we know, I don't hear from them anymore. They just stop putting out content if they, or they just stop posting on social media about their content. Cause I don't post every episode on social media that I put out. Sometimes I just put out the episodes and I'll wait a month or I'll wait two weeks before I edit down the videos and then throw them on YouTube. And I do it in, in a cluster. And the reason I do it in a cluster, and I've learned this is another thing I learned. If you throw out a bunch of media out there at the same time, it's going to open up the algorithm and more people are going to get drawn to those videos because you have a lot of content out. So that content is going to get thrown out there more. So I think a lot of people need to, to start realizing that. And just, I, I wait, you know, for certain things, YouTube, I wait, I'll throw three or four videos out on YouTube. Some of those episodes will get 30 down, uh, 30 views. Some of them will get 20. So it all depends on, on, on your strategic strategy that you want to do. Yeah, and I can go with that. And um, so here's my decree on the state of podcasts real quick, because I know we're about to, I know you're about to shut this down in a few minutes. So here's my thing. 
podcasting is not in a state of array, array or disarray or anything like that. Podcasting is just this simple. It is going back to the way it was before any of us started podcasting. If you don't have a name and you don't have money, you will still be able to podcast. You'll still be able to make money once you get past that one little step I said earlier. And I want to keep that key there. Look at affiliate marketing first because you make money with that. But people look at that first because that's the key indicator if you're going to make money. If you don't do that and everybody won't tell you that because they don't, they want you to pay them $500. Then they'll tell you that in their course. And you know who I'm talking about. But anyway, um, the thing that you got to keep key on is just tell your story, invest in a good mic, batch process your show in case you know that you don't have a strong will. I do not have a strong will. I get upset over things. This is a inside secret about me. When I don't want to record, I don't record. And back when I didn't record, I didn't have shows out. So then I got on the mic like Tupac. I started doing some solo episodes. I did three solo episodes today just because I was like, man, I got to get something ready for Valentine's Day. I got to have them sad, sappy episodes. They're set for February, so they're going to go on the little docket, and they're set. It's simple to do the ideas that make you feel comfortable and great when you're doing solo shows. So I say this to anybody, and I say this to Francisco. You know, I don't know if your wife is ever going to come over into the realm. She seems like she would be good fit for it too. Sometimes just have a, you can have a, a, a simple episode with a friend, somebody that's not even invested in what you're doing. I do that a lot of times. Heck, I travel. I've been trying to travel with the mic and everything else, you know, and the other mics. I got four set up. So I'm waiting to just do a, a Kamikaze show somewhere in Charlotte sometime whenever the next time I'm out that way. But anyway, have fun with what you're doing, but realize that it is a slower turn to make money now to all podcasters. And that's it. So listen, I want to thank you for coming on the show again, man. It's always a blast to have you on. Uh, you know, good conversation. I think you give people a lot to to think about and to mull over on, on really if this is something that they want to do or something that they're really passionate about. Um, and I think it gives a lot of people food for thought. Just think about it, folks. If, if this is not for you, then step away because you're going to burn yourself out and then it's just going to be all for nothing. So I mean, if you're going to just do this sporadically, do it sporadically. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, put out an episode every month if, if that's not something that you're, you're you're not willing to do every week. But for those who are dedicated to this, who want to be out there, who want to make money, we have to find different avenues because it's getting tougher and tougher now. Like he said, everybody's going outside. But guess what? We have a caveat to that when the time is coming. So we should be able to gain some of those numbers back and continue to grow ourselves the way we need to grow. So before I get off, I like to leave everybody what I always leave them with. If you found your purpose, live it. Have a great day, folks. Thanks for coming on, JR. Always.